Big wins and payouts are what you're chasing But all the games are getting intimidating You're feeling anxious hearing your heart racing Just tune in to Cash Considerations This is Cash Considerations We are Cash Considerations The sports wages, you gotta have patience Just tune in to Cash Considerations Welcome back players You are now tuned into Cash Considerations my name is David Griffin, a.k.a. your boy D. Griff, and joining me as always is my main man, Dave Sherapan. How are you, sir? Griff, it's a great to hear your voice, brother. I missed you for a week. I'm glad you had a good trip up to Reno, and uh, I can't wait to hear uh, you know what went on, how you had a good time, and dive into some football. I'm all for it, man. Hey, really quick. So you guys, you and Alan did the show without me last week, and it was it was good, man. You guys did a good job. You guys were live on the air, like going right off the top of the head. That was good stuff, man. But Alan starts to show off and tell me, am I pronouncing your last name wrong? I always say Sharapan. Is it Sharpan? No, you say it right. Alan, that's my nickname with him. He says it oh. wrong, and he says it wrong on purpose, and that's his little oh. inside joke. Yeah, oh. so... No, I like that. No, you say it correctly, sir. Yeah. No, yeah. hey, Sharpan might be correct because I was reading Alan's article in the gaming today, and apparently you guys are what thirty-seven and eleven, or in the last couple of weeks, or something close to that. Thirty-seven and seventeen, even, I think. I don't even want to say it out loud, but we've been, uh, yeah. I mean, the last seven or eight weeks for me have been um, all two and ones, except for one, three, and zero. Oh. And he's he's been three and zero, I think four or five times, and yeah, he's smoking hot too. So we ended up on the same game on one of them, but yeah, dude, it's been uh, NFL's been. I mean, it's not rocket science right now. You know, Stevie Wonder could have found a four teamer last week, so <laughs> <laughs> it it wasn't that hard. But I mean, it's still we're giving out games and we're giving out size. We were we were pretty accurate with the whole card. Yeah. So yeah, it was it was pretty good. There you go, man. Dave Sharpan. I like it. No, Sharapan. <laughs> Come on, uh, man. <laughs> and it is the Wednesday show, actually. We didn't get it in yesterday, but we do have our special college football guest, Mo Money Mo Toy. What's up, Mo? Mr. Griff, Big Dave. Always a Welcome, pleasure. Welcome, Mo. Yes, sir. Welcome. I'm, I'm still having nightmares of giving everybody Alabama. I mean, I, you know, uh-huh. I didn't really mean for something like that to, you know, you know, disgrace me as it did. But I think I'll survive. I'm, I'm fine with that. It's been on my mind. So it was like the first thing I wanted to talk about immediately. Other than that, I, everything's been fine. I appreciate uh, that. Right, that's that right there shows his dedication. He gave out one loser and that's all he's thought about. Not all the winners he gives out. <laughs> It's that one loser. That's dedication, guys. You got to rip it like a Band-Aid, right, Griff? You just get it out early and <laughs> boom, it's off, and that's it. We're done talking about it. <laughs> yeah, there we go. There we go. Well, um, it's championship week, which means we got some big games, some games with a lot of implications. I don't know if the people out there have been seeing these playoffs, but these weekend games are going to change everything. We got pretty much like three of them are basically play-in games. And um, it's going to be fun. It's going to be exciting. We're going to have Dave and we're going to have Mo, and they're going to go in on these. But before we get to that great action, you got to give me four minutes to talk college basketball, people. Come on. Where's the excitement? Just give me four minutes because I've been hot. And I, and I and it's a shame I haven't been able to get on the Twitter as much as I would. I've just been really busy. I was out of town for Thanksgiving and all this sort of stuff, but... Uh, I, I've been killing it in college basketball, so I just want to talk a couple of games for tomorrow that I've been eyeing. It's a small schedule for uh, Wednesday. Wednesday Wednesday, and Saturday are usually their big schedules, but since they're coming off of all the tournaments and stuff this weekend, it's kind of smaller, but still, there are a couple games I just want you guys to look out for. And I'm telling you, gotta, ones, go ahead. Griff, you got to tell them, too, that a lot of these games are not the. You're kind of specializing in not the marquee games. Like, you're looking at. like. Mo said before we went on the air, like big sky teams and big conference versus little schools. And these are off the the radar type games. So you really got to pay attention because 
not a lot of people pay attention to those, and you have an advantage if you do. Exactly. So, you know, take what, what Griff says, you know, and, and pay attention. There, I think there's 318 D1 college basketball teams, so it's just impossible for all the guys to be sharp on all of them and the lines to be sharp on all these little games. So I like to specialize in the smaller matchups because I feel like I can get a little bit of a, he- a hedge. You know what I mean? I can, like, go mm-hmm. to their games. I can show up and watch them and see how good these guys are or not. I can see if his girlfriend's sitting on the sideline and wants to he wants to show out or not. You know what I mean? <laughs> so... Um, and like I said, I'm two and so, I'm two and one so far. The last one I gave out didn't come through. It was ridiculous, but I haven't given out a pick in a little while. I wish I had because I've been hot. But so for tomorrow, the first game on the docket, like Dave said, I usually don't pick the big games, and I'm not really going to give too much of a side on this one. But five eleven, five twelve, Michigan State at home against Notre Dame. Michigan State's minus six, six and a half at some places. The line's probably going to go up. Um, Michigan State, in my opinion, is still the best team in the country. They lost that game to Duke, which took them out of the number one spot, and Duke's looked pretty well. But in that game, if they didn't give up, I think, what, it was 24 offensive rebounds, they would they would have won that game going away. Michigan State's starting to look like Michigan State. They embarrassed North Carolina their last, ma- their last game, and North Carolina just looked really good today. So I think Michigan State is back. I think they should cover the six. Six is kind of big because Notre Dame is a really, really good team. Notre Dame's got a good power forward who's probably one of the top ten players in the in the country right now. But considering I think Michigan State wins the game and they should make their free throws late, I think they'll cover that six and a half. Um, moving quickly again, another game. It doesn't really have a line out yet. It's San Diego State at San Diego, 525 and 526. They're waiting to see if the San Diego State forward is going to play or not. His name is Malik Pope. But if it's, um, I'm seeing a preliminary line at three and a half. If it's anywhere, anything, anything smaller than seven, you have to take San Diego State. They are going to be a play. San Diego looks good. I believe they're undefeated. They haven't lost a game yet, but they've played nobody schools. Said this is a, a rivalry between these two schools, which is usually played close. But San Diego State's definitely the better team in this. Anything less than even six, a Griff, even if this guy doesn't play, even if Malik Pope doesn't play, you, you you're gonna get a you're gonna get it. Um, it's three and a half right now, and I'm I'm assuming they're assuming Malik Pope is out because if he was playing, oh, okay. I would expect it to be closer to six or seven. But they're gonna cover. Um, so I, that's another game to look at. That's at eight o'clock tomorrow night. And then the one big game, the one that I really, really like, the one, the team that I think is live on the money line is 519-520 Memphis at UAB. Memphis is catching five points. Uh, how, I don't really know. Maybe because UAB is at home, but Memphis is definitely the better team. UAB is not a basketball powerhouse by any stretch of the means. If you guys don't even know what that is, that's the University of Alabama, Birmingham. And... Um, they have athletes. They bring guys into the program, but they're not shooters. They don't. They're not. They're not going to be able to score. But they like to run up and down the courts. Memphis has real athletes who can really score and can play defense, and that's what's going to be most important about this game. UAB's played lesser competition where they've been able to just run up and down the court. Memphis is going to d them up and force them to take tough shots, which is going to be hard for UAB. Memphis plus five, but I like them live on the money line, guys. That's going to be my big play for tomorrow. Good job, Griff. That was strong right there. Three plays, college basketball for Thursday. Um, Touching on the uh, Michigan State game, it hasn't really been too much of a tournament as far as the ACC and Big Ten. I think the Big Ten's probably won two or three games maybe. But the ACC is just absolutely just – I could – I was looking at the record yesterday. I think it was like – I don't even remember. I think it was like 10-2 and or something around there. Yeah, I think it was was 9-1 today, earlier today, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, because, oh, yeah, I mean, I was like, I, once I seen Miami upset Minnesota, I was like, I, I give up. I'm, <laughs> I'm, That's I the think best I'm conference okay. in the country, right, guys? Isn't that the right. best conference in the country right now? Yeah. I would I would agree. What do you think, Griff? I know you've been on it. Yeah, I definitely would uh, say uh, the ACC is is so deep that um, they're probably the best team, the best conference in the country right now. 
Agreed. Agreed. So with that being said, we're going to dive into some college football. Um, We're going to take one really, really, really quick break just to rest our chops and get our numbers together. And we will be right back with Championship Weekend. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. It is time. It is time for College Football Championship Weekend. Um, we're gonna start. We're gonna start it off. There's a. There's so many good games. We're gonna try to touch as many of them as we can. We got our two experts here. We're gonna go back and forth between the two. There's a really, really good Pac-12 Friday night game. So we're gonna start right there. It's 303-304. Stanford at uh, USC. USC's minus three and a half. Four some places. Um, over under 58 and a half. I'm gonna come to Dave Sharepan first. And what do you like in this matchup? Uh, I'm looking at this one. It's actually being played in Santa Clara at the 49er Stadium, Levi Stadium. Okay. So it's, a, it's about 15 to 20 minutes from Stanford. Um, the, the matchup early in the season, September 9th, USC won 42 to 24. But they're two different teams now. Um, the question for me in this one is Bryce Love. If he's healthy, I really... Um, not that Notre Dame was was down a little, but Stanford took care of business in the second half last week. Yeah. I like where they're at. I think this game is going to be close. So for me, I am looking at taking the points here. Um, and I'm also leaning towards the under. I think it's going to be really close probably to that number. 58 and a half is probably a good number. And, and this week's kind of unique. We actually in Vegas put up numbers, totals uh, <laughs> on all the games for the, for the first time all season. There and there hasn't go. been a lot of movement. So I'm thinking, uh, for me, Stanford would be the side. Okay, I can go with that. What about you, Mo? What do you think? It's an interesting matchup, um, usually a big one every other year, and Stanford's dominated until up to this year in the beginning of the season. Stanford winning the last three. I honestly think the game against Cal that they won prior to Notre Dame was a big one because I, I felt like it was a look-ahead game. And uh, I think USC's been rolling. Um, yeah. I mean, they've they've had some. They had that tough loss against Notre Dame, upset against Washington State. But throughout the season, I think they've they just cracked the top ten in that in the uh, playoff rankings. But I I honestly think they can hang with anyone in the country. Um, personally, to you know, um, but for something like this neutral field, I thought three and a half was fine. Talked to some guys that uh, actually handicapped it uh, early at four and a half, uh, which I, I was in agreement. Uh, I'm going to just spin off what Big Dave was talking about as far as uh, Bryce Love, who USC was not able to stop early. But it was different about what was different about this year. I think USC's offense, uh, they can complement what Stanford neutralizes them defensively, which they're great at. I think uh, USC was a little bit more complete this year. And uh, I think it'll be a little bit more of the same. Uh, Stanford's rolling, uh, so it'll give them more of a chance to, uh, I think, key in on most of the stuff that USC usually does, and Sam Donald's basically a turnover machine. Uh, but I think uh, USC's skill, and they got their running back in Ronald Jones, who I think is going to show up, and I, I think they edge him by at least six six points or a touchdown. Okay, okay. so are you, are you going with USC then? Correct, yeah, yeah, I'm going with the Trojans. I mean, I just figure I think USC is kind of on top of the game where Stanford's been rolling. Um, big, big, three big wins. Um, even coming in as a dog, I thought that was a little bit odd, but I'll, I'll go and lay the three and a half or four with the Trojans. USC was off last week, too. You know, they played UCLA the week before. And uh, so I can see it. I can see it both ways. I, I like the fact that under Shaw, Stanford's 10 3 and 1 as a dog since oh, he's man. been the coach. Since So I like them thinking them playing the underdog role here. I just think it's a field goal game. So getting more than a field goal, that would be the side for me. All right. Well, I think it is safe to say that this matchup comes down to what Stanford's defense against USC's offense. And if they're able to slow them down a bit, looking at the total at 50, 58 and a half in a matchup like this is going to be the biggest game of the year for both of these two teams. Um, do you see it as a, uh, a scoring fest going back and forth, or do you see it as a, a chess match filling each other out, and should we take the under? I would lean towards the under. I think Stanford's going to try to control the ball, and as long as Love is healthy, they're going to try to run the ball. 
the X factor is Darnold because he has been a turnover machine, and if he yeah. makes some mistakes and you know you get a couple extra possessions, the game's going to go over. But my initial thought is under. Agreed. I, I think USC's defense, the, their defensive line, um, where they've been banged up a little bit, I think they got a little bit more healthier, and uh, I think they'll be able to get to the quarterback and uh, control some of that time that Stanford might try to run off. So I think under under looks like a good play. All right. Well, since I'm the media area, I get to choose when you guys are split, and I'm going to rock with Big Dave on this one. I'm sorry, Mo Money. But I, anytime you got a close matchup like this, I'm going to go with the points. I like Stanford, and I like Bryce Love to control the rock. All right, we're going to move to the next matchup, um, another championship game. Two teams I know nothing about, so I am definitely deferring to you two on this one. It is 315-316, North Texas and Florida Atlantic. We got Florida Atlantic minus 11, 10.5 some places, 11.5 some places. All I know is that it looks like the line is moving up, and the over-under is 74. I'm coming to you first, Mo Money. What can I expect in this matchup? Uh, immediately, as I looked at it, I just I can't not bet Florida Atlantic. Um, I think it's a little bit more on the square side uh, per se. I think that's where all the public money is going to come in. It's probably going to be up a little bit more. Uh, but I just they're playing great football offensively. They're you know they're sharp and you know the guy that's running it, Lane Kiffin. He's he's trying to beat a beat everybody to a pulp. So. Um, oh, this is the I, Lane Kiffin team, huh? Florida Atlantic? Right. I knew it was one of them. Right, yeah. Oh, yeah, he likes to yeah, run yeah. the score up. He he, he tries. Yeah. He, he knows about the point spread. He'll be running triple reverses in the third quarter when they're up 40. That, I mean, that's <laughs> what kind of guy he is. <laughs> um, Devin Singletary, who's probably uh, one of the most unsung heroes in the year, uh, he's basically their uh, jack-of-all-trades running back, but he does it all. Um, great pass blocker. Uh, they they work well together. I think what he got out of the guys that he brought in from the JUCOs and um, most of the guys that he got as far as to buy into the system, it's working out well. The first time Florida Atlantic played North Texas earlier this year in North Texas, Florida Atlantic scored on their first 11 drives. <laughs> I mean, they were <laughs> 50 to 7 in the third. It was insane. Uh, they had 804 total yards in that game, Mo. Oh, just, uh, I mean masterful work if anything and i uh, just for myself i had fau uh i don't north <laughs> texas they, they've been strong down the stretch uh covered covered in the last four i know it seems like we i should scream to take the points here where north texas is strong i, I i'm willing to lay the 10 and a half if i can find it otherwise um it's more of a no play well it's a home game for florida atlantic it's in boca and uh, like Mo said, the last time they played, Florida Atlantic was a three-and-a-half-point favorite back in October, and they won 69-31. to 31. So I'm sure North Texas doesn't forget that. But, I mean, Florida Atlantic's games out of conference were, um, you know, they lost at home against Navy and they lost at Wisconsin. Two kind of quality losses. And uh, for North Texas, their out-of-conference losses were at SMU and at Iowa. Not really uh, similar type opponents. I'm in agreement with Mo. I don't know if the line was just a little too low and it was a really good mismatch then. But obviously the line has been adjusted. It's 10.5 or 11 now. But I can't find a reason to take North Texas in this. This will be one of those, Mo, where you need to refresh your phone a lot. There's going to be a lot of points scored in this one. Yeah, no, no, no doubt. Um, I mean, I just North Texas has been strong down the stretch. I don't know if that's kind of skewed the line to an extent, you know, and then obviously the mental factor behind losing that game. But uh, Florida Atlantic's just, I mean, offensively, they're they're moving. They're really moving the ball. It's 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 incredible. All right. Well, yeah. Lane Kiffin coaching, he's running the score up. He wants to make a statement. I'm, I'm all for it. I'm rocking with North Texas, even though it's a big spread. I mean, not North Texas. I'm rocking with Florida Atlantic, even though it's a big spread. Um, let's go ahead and move on to the next one. All right, moving on to the next matchup. We got Memphis and Central Florida, 317-318. Um, Central Florida's minus seven, and the over-under is 82 and a half. Look at that. Should be a high-scoring game. At least that's what they're expecting. What are you guys uh, thinking about Central Florida? Did they impress you or what? 
I'm coming to you first, Dave. <laughs> Central Florida, South Florida was one of the best college football games I've watched in a long time, at least right. this season. That was really entertaining. It was a lot of action. The book was electric. It was just a lot of fun to watch. Mo and I both liked uh, Central Florida or South Florida, and that one came in. That was a big number. Uh, the historical data on this one's interesting. They've played ten times in conference history. UCF is ten and zero. They've been favored every time in those games, and only once did they lose by less than a touchdown. So, that's your historical data on the American Athletic Conference Championship. <laughs> Uh, Memphis has come to Florida three times for this game They came in September 9th and the game was cancelled They came back for the makeup game on September 30th And Central Florida was a five and a half point favorite They won 40 to 13 So for me, uh, since then though Memphis is 7-0 straight up and 6-1 against the spread Both teams are playing good We got 11-0, 10-1 it's for it's for the conference title and Central Florida trying to keep it um, undefeated season. I think Memphis is going to play this one pretty tight, boys. I really I, I think the line is right. If I have to choose a side here, I think Memphis keeps it close. The team with the ball last wins and expect a hundred points scored. <laughs> All right, I was going to rock with you too, man. Whenever you see an uh, lines like this and with that over under being over under being as high as it is and seeing that game that they played last week I think high scoring affair back and forth I agree with you last team with the ball wins at least that's what I hope to expect when I'm watching this bad boy what about you Mo jump in there quickly it's it's gonna be a scoring bonanza uh <laughs> as far as the total obviously it says that um I love UCF I've, I've, I mean I've, I've loved them last week they didn't cover but somehow they had enough fireworks and pizzazz to get it, get it done against a, a somewhat of a bitter rival. I mean, in-state rival. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I Memphis I think has been playing uh, really well lately. Obviously, the six and one um, ATS is you know d- due to that you know success. But Mike Norville, the, the coach for Memphis, who should who could be playing um, you know for a new job here, uh, I think it's something that he wants to do and you know go out with a bang. I I'm leaning Memphis plus seven. I, I, I'm actually going to go out on a limb and say this might be live on the money line. Ooh. I think Memphis is good enough to um, offensively stay with them. I know that was a rough deal from earlier when they played UCF, and I think UCF kind of had an edge. They were rolling off a couple big wins. I think it was kind of a letdown game for Memphis, who played Southern Illinois before they played UCF and got their brain destroyed. So I think they'll be a little bit more locked in. Uh, and look for a receiver, Anthony Miller for Memphis, who I think you'll be seeing on Sundays. Uh, great kid. Um, and I think he's going to have a big game here against Central Florida. It should be a, a thriller, but I'll take the seven here with Memphis. There we go. Look at Mo calling for the end of the end of the perfect season. Alive on the money line. I can't argue with that one bit. Um, there we go. We're all on the same side, so we don't have to play mediary. We can just move right along. The next one coming up, 3.20 and uh, 3.19. We got some action for you guys. It's Toledo and Akron. Toledo is minus 21, even 21 and a half at some places. Over under 57 and a half. That's a little bit lower. Uh, I'm going to come back to you quickly, Mo. What do you like in this matchup? Toledo's been a, a team that I've, I've loved uh, coming into the year as far as uh, Logan Woodside, who's their quarterback, possible uh NFL quarterback can't really say too much. Um, as far as Toledo offensively, I think they've got it rolling. Uh, they had one bump in the road against Ohio, which was brutal. They, you know, fought them on the road. Uh, they were just in a bad, bad mode at that time going on the road. Uh, Akron starting uh, new star quarterback for the Mac, Cato Nelson, who's basically an X factor for them, and it'll be like their only chance uh, yeah. for them to produce offensively to cover that twenty-one. Um, for me. Uh, I, I think it stays close for a good amount of time, um, maybe between like, like 10 and 14 points in Toledo's favor. But I, I figured Toledo might end up covering it uh, at the end of this game, maybe winning by about 24 to 27 points. So I'll go with the Rockets in this one. Okay. So kind of just wear them out and eventually just break free. I can understand that. What about you, Big Dave? Where are you looking at? Uh, the number's right. 
Um, the last time these teams played back on October 21st, Toledo won 48-21, to and they were a 15.5-point favorite. But interestingly enough, they outgained Akron 626 yards to 333 yards. Ooh. So, yeah, uh, they dominated the game. And this one here is interesting just as, as the MAC championship at Ford Field in Detroit. These are both time first-timers in this championship game. Toledo just could never get past Northern Illinois to get Bar in Bowling this game. Green. Right. So um, the season they've had, historically the data says that the dogs are 12-8 and all-time in this game. And the favorites of 12 points or more, it's happened eight times in this game. The favorites are 1-7 against the spread. So historically the data looks like, mm, you got to take the dog. But I really think Toledo has has been on, and and like you said, Mo, they've been rolling. I think they're going to show out here a little bit. The game, yeah, it'll be close to the number, but I'm with you, man. I think they just take take it away and cover the spread late and and get it done. Oh, there we go. Yeah, um, I've saw that kid. That what's his name? The the freshman, Cato Nelson. Cato Nelson. I've seen. Yeah, him. yeah. He's nice, man. He can really move around back there, and he keeps he keeps plays alive for them. He brings a little bit of a spark. But other than that, when I've watched Akron play a few times, they have nothing else out there. So, yeah, so just- it's it's rough. They, I mean, they're it's funny. I I marked them as probably one of the worst teams in the, the MAG this year coming in, mm-hmm. and uh, I think they've surprised everyone. I mean, as far as like getting to this spot, uh, yeah. but I thought defensively they were better, uh, you know, in, in the first few games. So. Yeah, it, it kind of – I think it tuned them in for a better season and got them to the championship. So, uh, kudos to them. Okay. But, yeah, kind of talking about what Dave was talking about, man. Toledo dominated this first matchup, just kind of uh, – just re- went all over them. And I think we could see some of the same here. Like you said, just kind of wear them out later in the game. They're just not going to be able to get stops. Uh, I can rock with y'all. I like what you said. We'll go with Toledo. Why not? A little bit of action for the weekend. Trifecta. There we go. Moving right along, going down the line. The next matchup. Now we're finally getting to some real deal playoff implications. Stuff everybody's going to want to watch. Stuff everybody's everybody's going to want to bet. It's 322-321. Auburn and Georgia. Oof. Auburn minus two and a half. The over under 48 and a half. Big Mo money. Which one you taking? Oh, it's it's tough. I mean, it's... If Georgia wins, obviously Bam was back into the into the mix, uh, depending on whatever happens in these next games right here. But I think the line it it doesn't scream, you know, because obviously the blowout earlier this year in uh, in Auburn. But it doesn't scream like it. It you know it doesn't seem like it should be that line. Uh, I feel like a lot of people are going to get down on Auburn for the games that they they have won. Um, but I, I like the I like Georgia here. I, I know offensively it seems like they're inept. Um, but I think they'll be able to dial up pressure around this time. And uh, with the injury to carry on Johnson, it won't be as big. I think Gus Malzahn will coach around it. I think Stidham is a little bit better than what people think. Um, but, I mean, as far as like a payback game, uh, in a game like this where Georgia wanted to be in earlier in the season, uh, I have to roll with Georgia. I think they'll get enough pressure defensively and, and get it done. Okay, there we go. Let me come to you, Dave. Do you think the first matchup in this uh, between these two teams where Auburn just rolled all over Georgia. I didn't see that coming. You think that has anything to do with this game, or are we looking at just completely different slates, two teams going at each other? Well, I think it has something to do with the line because whoever won that first game was going to be favored, yep. obviously. So in Auburn, Auburn looked apart against Alabama, boys. I mean, we talked about it, and we said, you know, oh, Alabama – you know, they may not cover, they're going to win the game. And they, you know, we use the expression, they got punched in the mouth, um, you know, pretty judiciously. Alabama got punched in the mouth, and you usually don't see a Nick Saban team do that. You know, so I was <clears throat> I was really impressed with Auburn. On both sides of the ball, I was impressed with Auburn. But I really like Georgia's defense. Um the historical note for me that I have written down here, the last eight SEC championship games have gone under. I expect okay. this one to follow suit. I like the under. 
and I think Georgia kind of somehow Alabama's going to get back in the damn discussion. Nobody wants to see them in the discussion. Nobody wants to see them in the playoff. You know the way these things go. One of these teams is going to lose, and it's going to be I, – I think Georgia is definitely live to win the game. I'm with you, Mo. Oh, yeah. If Georgia wins the game, then Alabama's right back in it, and it's a whole hoopla of a mess. And I'm one of those guys who don't want to see Alabama in it just because I'm a hater for no other reasons. I think Alabama's probably one of the best four teams in the country, but just because I don't like them. I was going to rock with Auburn just because the way they're playing lately. They are really playing some serious, 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 like, tough football but they're also kind of banged up. Like, it's just tough when you have back-to-back right. games like that against Georgia and then against Alabama and then go play Georgia again, and it's just like, where's the break? You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I mean, the way uh, Gus Malzahn calls the plays, though, like, he he pulled out all the stops mm-hmm. against Alabama. That was really fun to watch. It was very innovative, and you can't say it very often, but I think Saban got out coached a little bit, too. So can he dial that up again? I, right. I don't know. They were able to do it a few years ago when they won, you know, that crazy ending game in the Iron Bowl and then went and beat Missouri in the SEC championship. Wouldn't surprise me if they won, but I, I think Georgia's live. There we go. Fading Auburn again. I love it. I love it. <laughs> what, if, if, if Auburn wins by 30, I'm done. I, right. I'll, I'll throw in the towel. I know, right? I, just, I won't be able to watch it like I wanted it to, man. So. You know, and it's funny because we're going to talk about Auburn if they make it again, and I'll probably just skip that that part of the. Uh... <laughs> I hope this is their bulletin board material. I hope they play this podcast in their locker room, and that's not Auburn, and then out. that'll be the game they lose. Oh, just look, Stidham, Stidham throws like four picks in the first quarter, and I'm like, well, okay. I mean, we missed our opportunity twice. Right. Holy smokes. Uh... Yeah, I, but I do lean under as well. I forgot. To, I wanted to uh, put that in. I also lean under, so just something small. All right. Well, smashed in between that game and the other really big matchups, we have 323-324, Fresno State and Boise State, the Mountain West Championship. Uh, You got Boise State minus 9, over under 50, 50 and a half, 51. Uh, I'm big on the Mountain West, but I actually don't have much an opinion on this game. What about you, Mo? What do you like in this? I... It's funny. So they just played their. Uh, they just played uh, at the end of the regular season uh, for the Mountain West. It was uh, Fresno State and Boise State, and I think Fresno State won by thirteen, if I'm not uh, mistaken. They won. They actually won twenty-eight to seventeen. And I'll just give you this note: it's the first time two teams met in the final week with the date already set for the conference championship. Yeah, yeah. First time that's ever. <laughs> happen so the wow. game was like a scrimmage it was yeah, right. it was a weird game you know um it didn't mean anything to either team boise played it like a scrimmage and fresno played it like well you know we're at home we're gonna win this game so i don't know what to make of this thing yeah i think on uh well just looking at the line in itself uh hard to really go against the odds makers decisions to put them all um you know set them up at a, as an eight point favorite after you know losing the game prior um but i think on both sides of the coin where I don't I can't really say if Fresno State wore themselves out uh it's actually incredible that they made it this far into the Mountain West I, I'm surprised as I feel like anybody else is um but we took some sharp money over here where I'm at uh on Fresno State at nine and nine and a half when it moved and uh I'm, I'm thinking it's going to stick around eight I can't really make up too much of it uh obviously Boise State's uh uh they get up for bigger games through the years we've seen this. Um, I, I just I'm gonna have to grab the points on it. I can't really give too much of a big opinion, but I just Fresno State's got here with a lot of grit, and I think they'll take a page out of the book that they just wrote last week, and and they'll be right there possibly to win the game again. Um, yeah, I mean, looking at this line, I also thought that was interesting that they win the first matchup and then they're yes. more than a touchdown underdog. Like, it makes sense. Boise State, like you said, Dave, viewed it much more as a, as a scrimmage. And um, Boise State is the better team. So I did expect them to be the favorite. But more than a touchdown, it, it seems like a lot. It actually opened up 10 and it's going down. So it looks like it's trending that way. 
right now, I think you could jump on the Fresno State bandwagon. If it starts to get anything lower than eight, then I wouldn't take it. But um, nine and a half or nine, yeah, I think you can take the points with this one. Did the did the lines makers miss this one last week, Mo? Um, knowing, I mean, Boise State had nothing really to play for, and they were six and a half point road favorites at Fresno. Now they come home and play the home game, and it's only eight and a half. I can't, I can't make heads or tails of this one. I really can't. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, uh, we, I think we took a little bit of sharp action on Fresno State, but for the most part, I mean, it was a pretty stale number just to begin with. Um, but I mean, just far as figuring what they knew, what you know, as far as the future, because the game was already said. Uh, I think it was really hard to cap uh, for those reasons. I just didn't know Fresno State was going to take control like they did. Right. All right. Well, let's get rid of that game. Jesus. Let's. <laughs> they smashed it right in there between the good ones. All right. Let's keep it going though. Three twenty-five, three twenty-six. Miami and Clemson. Here we go. Uh, we got Clemson minus nine and a half, which I don't know for whatever reason jumps out to me and says, "Man, that's a lot." Over under forty-seven. You think the turnover chain's coming out a lot or what? I'm coming to you first, Mo. Uh, yeah, another big nationally uh, televised game, the biggest one they'll have, obviously. Um, yeah, I think I think they're gonna uh, I think they're gonna thrive. I, I actually think Clemson's been really sneaky good lately. Um, they've been getting a little bit healthier as well, and they bowled one of the you know best defensive lines in the country, uh, where I think they can stifle Rosier. Um, and obviously Miami's been banged up all year, so owed to them making it this far into the championship. Uh, bad loss last week. Uh, I think we were all on Miami, so kind of rough there. We're okay. We're okay. Pick, picked up where we left off. We're fine. I think uh, Miami defensively can get to Clemson. Clemson offensively with Bryant, I think Sweeney um, might pull out some stops that Miami hasn't seen through the year um, since they haven't played each other until now. Um, hard to really figure, but I'm, I'll probably end up going with Miami plus nine and a half with the defense. Aye, Dave. I specifically wanted to talk to you second because your boys are the ones who upset Miami. And I know how much you love your boys. I know how much you like Miami. What do you think? <laughs> well, I was so impressed with uh, a pit quarterback last week. The kid's a freshman. He played like a senior and made a lot of plays to keep drives alive and Miami had no answer. I mean, they changed quarterbacks in the middle of the game because yeah. they couldn't move the ball against Pitt, which felt like a panic move. And I was like, man, it just it, – it, the, the moment finds the guys like from the past. And, and Mark Rick found his moment. I mean, it just it – just, it, it happens all the time. So I was – I really thought Miami was going to go into this game undefeated, and they really laid an egg. Now do they are they able to bounce back like the pressure's off and they're going to um, answer the bell? I mean, the line seems way inflated. The game's in Charlotte at the Bank of America Stadium in Charlotte, and the total's low, 47. Right. you gotta, you got to shade the dog here, I think. It was interesting because it was a funny on Twitter. Uh, people started asking questions like, well, when Miami turns the ball over to Pitt, does they get the turnover chain? Like, where, where's the turnover chain now? Like, and how stupid does the turnover chain look as they keep turning the ball over? You know, it was pretty funny. A lot of people in Pittsburgh were having a field day with it. Um, I can't wait to watch the game. I think it's going to be nasty. It's going to be electric. And I think it's going to be a, a tight game. Nine and a half seems a little bit inflated to me. Yes, sir. I agree with you, Dave. I think nine and a half is a little bit inflated considering that the total is so low. When you have a total that's like 47, then you're going to expect it to be a, a close, low-scoring game, correct? So then you're definitely going to want to rock with the points. I think Miami has a little bit of a bounce back. And honestly, Clemson, like they haven't really impressed me very much. Like The last couple of games, they've rolled up on a couple of bad teams or teams that aren't really much. But I, I don't know. I think, honestly, looking at the entire playoffs breakdown, I thought it was interesting that Alabama lost to Auburn and fell completely out of the top four. But you kept Clemson number one, but Clemson has a way worse one loss than Alabama has. 
when they lost to Syracuse. And I understand the Clemson quarterback got hurt in that game, but I don't want to say that they're they're frauds to me, but I'm just I'm not as high on Clemson. Definitely not nine points high. So I'm gonna rock with Miami in what should be a close battle, and they should cover that nine and a half. I think they bounce back. The turnover chain will decide it. If they if they have the turnover chain out more than the they turn the ball over, they're gonna probably win the game, but at least cover the spread. We're going to move on to another game with a lot of implications. We got 327-328, the Big Ten Championship, Wisconsin and Ohio State. Uh, Ohio State's the favorite, minus 6.5, even though Wisconsin is undefeated, and the over-under is 52.5. I'm going to come to you first, Dave. Um, Do you see Ohio State winning this thing and ruining the season for Wisconsin? Oh, man, I really really want to see Wisconsin win just because I, they can't be kept out if they go undefeated. Yep. And I I just can't stand Ohio State. Being a Penn State grad, <laughs> Ohio State, it's personal for me. And they keep finding their way in. I mean, if they win convincingly and, you know, this team loses and this team loses, they may get the four spot. I don't think it'll happen, but I don't even want him in the discussion. So this one's a little personal for me. I mean, there's a lot of question marks. I don't know if Barrett's healthy completely. This whole Shiano thing this past week with, you know, he's got the Tennessee job, and then they go to get him in the plane, and everybody makes a big deal, and now he don't get the job. Uh, it's got to be some sort of distraction. Right. I don't know. I, I, I think Wisconsin plus the points here is definitely the side for me. And the total is interesting. It's the highest total for a Wisconsin game all season except for week two when they played Florida Atlantic. That total was 59 and a half, and they won 31 to 14. This game screams under to me. I don't know. It feels square. This feels like the square dog for sure because a lot of people want to see Wisconsin win. But I'm siding with Wisconsin. And again, championship game, I'm thinking under. Uh, okay, I can rock with that. Yeah, man, I look at it, and Ohio State's too Jekyll and Hyde for me. They're too, especially T.J. Barrett. He's hot, he's cold, he's hot, he's cold. It's too back and forth. I like the Wisconsin consistently strong defense. Um, where are you at on this one, Mo? Throw your hat in the ring. Uh, to start off, uh, I hold a 50-1 to ticket on Wisconsin to win the national championship. Ooh, let's go, man. Let him show that bias. There you go. <laughs> well, yeah, I just wanted to – I mean, I just didn't want to sound biased. I don't know if I'm going to burn the ticket like in the second half or, you know, I'm trying to figure it out right now. Um, yeah, I just – I look back to a few years ago when this same game happened and uh, Wisconsin was rolling right into it and lost 59-0 to Ohio State. Um, then it was Cardell Jones' year and they ended up winning the national championship. Has nothing to do with my take on this game. I just want to bring it up. Uh, yeah, it, for me, I, Wisconsin is probably two best teams they played this year: were Northwestern, Florida Atlantic. <laughs> and I don't even know if that's a joke or not. I'm just kind of going out on a limb. <laughs> uh, for me, uh, Ohio State's offense is the key. I, it's it's hard. I'm, I'm trying to figure if I want to catch the six with an undefeated team. It just seems like. It seems like a lot of people are going to be on it. I, I'm probably going to end up taking that side, but I know if Ohio State can get off fast, and I know you were talking about that uh, injury, uh, Big Dave, um, but, I, I mean, if they can get ahead pretty quick, uh, they should be able to control the game. So that's what I'm a little bit scared of. Um, in general, I can't really see the total being 52 and a half. I think it's going to be a little bit lower scoring. Um, at the end of the day, I'll probably end up taking Wisconsin plus six. Uh, just off sheer defense, and they should be fine there. The scary thing in this one, and I think you'd agree, both of you guys, Wisconsin's not built to come back. They're built to go downhill, play defense, keep the game tight, or be ahead, run the ball, not take a lot of shots, and win the game. You're right. If Ohio State gets up two scores, yikes. This one could be tough sledding for Wisconsin. Yeah, it seems like uh, it's trending up right now. I, I feel like if you can catch a key seven with Wisconsin, uh, there's like no way you just can't take it uh, personally for me. All right. Well, that's good, man. We're going to go to the last one on the board for us, and that's going to be TCU, Oklahoma, the Big 12. 
championship game. That's three 333-334. Oklahoma's minus seven and the over under is sixty-three and a half. I'm gonna let whoever jumps in first take it first. Who wants this one? Because I have no opinion. Well, I'll jump in real quick because we broke this game down the last time they played. Yep. And um at Oklahoma. I was wrong. Yeah, we both were. I was just going to say that. We really thought TCU. <laughs> I just wanted to jump in and just be like, I was just not even close yeah, on just, that one. Again, just rip that damn Band-Aid off. We were all wrong <laughs> on that. We, we said, oh, TCU plays defense. They're the only team in the conference that does and mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I'm going to go right back to that. I think TCU is going to play this tougher than anyone thinks. I really do. Um, I'm not impressed with Oklahoma. I, I don't know why. I, I don't think their defense is very good. This game was really weird last time. The Oklahoma won 38-20. to 20. They didn't score at all in the second half. The game should have gone over easily. And the same exact total, 63.5, was the closing number, and it stayed under. So I'm going to go with that again. TCU has two losses on the season. They lost uh, at home to Iowa State. I mean, on the road to Iowa State, 14 is seven, and then the game against Oklahoma. They played 12 games, nine and three to the under. I expect them, their game plan, to to keep it close, and I'm taking the points. But I really, if I'm if I've got to play on the game, I'm going with the under again. All right, Bo, how much do you love Baker Mayfield? Because I love him. I'm, I'll bet Oklahoma just based off of him because he's intense. He's my kind of guy. What do you think? I like Baker. Uh, ba- Baker's okay. I almost think he's like right underneath like Johnny Manziel as far as like. Oh, <laughs> and then you compare the. You say you like him, and then you compare the guy to Johnny Manziel. Well, he doesn't. Oh, he man. doesn't lash out like as bad, me. but I think he's. I think he's cut from that cloth for some reason. I, just the way he acts, but. He could, I mean, he could sure, you know, sling it on the field. Um, Lincoln Riley's done a good job with the team. And, uh, you know, they, they meant to be here. You know, they were, they were going to get here. I think T- TCU's has been on all the only defense in the Big 12. Uh, Oklahoma got out on him quick, man. Uh, Kenny Hill can't really throw Oklahoma, uh, T- Kenny Hill throws TCU out of a hole. Um, and I, I'm not going to see that. I think TCU's going to have a better game plan. Gary Patterson should be fine. Um, and revenge. I mean, there's revenge in all of these games, and uh, a couple guys that I, I really trust, uh, they love TCU, and I've talked to them a little bit because I'm on edge because I, I do like Oklahoma. I think they have a little bit more of an edge, uh, but in a game like this, I, I'm going to end up grabbing the points again, and I'll probably just roll with the Horn Frogs. So the both of you are going to take make the same mistake you made last time and go with TCU. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm fine with that. I'm okay. I've made worse decisions in my life. Right. <laughs> well, damn. There you go. Championship weekend. Little quick little bonus question out there. So with the picks that you guys are making, do you guys think Alabama gets back in there if Georgia loses? I mean, if Georgia ends up beating Auburn, you think Alabama sneaks in there? Or do you think if Ohio State wins, Ohio State will pop up in there because there will be conference champs? I don't know what they're going to do. Go ahead, Mo. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that <laughs> – uh, the committee sees uh, the committee sees that if Ohio State does win and Georgia wins out, um, I'm hoping that they put in an, a one-loss Alabama who lost to Auburn. Uh, I hope they put them before Ohio State, if anything. Um, hard to really say for Oklahoma if they lose. Um, I mean, it'll just be chaos if all four of them lost. Um, I mean, the, you know, the ones that are actually in the top four. I know, that's and totally I about possible. The, right, exactly. I mean, from there, I, I just... I don't know who's in the committee, but I mean they're probably going to mess it up again. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it's just going to be chaos. But yeah, I figure I'm just figuring that if Ohio State does win somehow, uh, I, they're going to sneak in again, and I'm going to stop watching college football. Yeah, that's for me. I definitely don't want to see that. I want I want Wisconsin to win. Obviously, the Miami Clemson winners in, and um, the. Auburn Georgia winner is in that that X factor for sure man if Oklahoma loses Bama's in for sure yeah I, I think you know that's, I, that, I, I, that, yeah. that's the game that that matters the most for Bama um, uh, because no one else can get ahead of them with that spot 
Right. Yeah, I totally agree. I just a one loss Bama team, and I think Georgia has to win in order because if Auburn wins, I think they're that's only one SEC team getting in. But I mean, if, if Georgia and Bama getting in seems like a long shot, but you know, if the wrong things happen for a couple bad, uh, you know, a couple teams, uh, we could see Georgia and Bama in the <laughs> in the Final Four, which would be right. insane. Yeah. So. Here we um, go. All right. Well. I think that was a pretty good wrap-up of the championship week. Uh, again, as always, I want to thank Mo Money for coming on the show. You always do a good job. It's getting better every single week. And your dedication is so evident because you're always this. Uh, you're always, every time I see you, you're like, oh, man, that one get, that one loser I gave out. or that You're, you're always thinking about it. And you're always excited to come on to the next, uh, the next show. So I just appreciate you coming on and uh, being dedicated, man. Yeah, man, as long as I'm shooting and sweating out plays, man, I'm always be on here. So, you know, I, I usually give it all my all, but it's always good to vocalize it with some guys that love it just as much as me. There you go. And you too, Big Dave. Always a pleasure to listen to you. Appreciate your breakdowns. You did a great job tonight. I'm rooting for Mo. I, I, I swear I want Wisconsin <laughs> to win now. I didn't know you had this 50-1 to ticket, baby. I- I'm, I'm, I got nothing else to root for Saturday except Wisconsin to win the game to keep that fifty to one live. Oh, we'll be drinking all night, Dave. Ooh, we'll be drinking all night. Yeah, we're that's, gonna have to meet up. Yeah, and then I'll see, and then I'm gonna go see Griff while he's working. <laughs> <Yeah>. Bring the <laughs> go and cause, to my spot, cause havoc at the link. Yep. <laughs> of course. Yeah, no problem, man. No doubt. I love it. I love it. All right, with that being said, we're going to go ahead and wrap this bad boy up. But I just want to thank all the listeners out there, everybody who is dedicated to the show and shares it and enjoys it and comments. We've had over a thousand listens in just a few, what, two months? Man, that's incredible. The The reception that we're getting from you guys is something else. I just really want to thank everybody who's listening. I want to thank these guys again who come on the show. And... Um, Let's just keep it moving. Let's see, keep giving out winners. Dave's giving out plenty of winners. We'll have Alan back for the weekend show and uh, just continue to have fun with you guys. No, man. Uh, welcome back, Griff. We missed you while you are gone. We can keep trying this live thing. We may have we may have opened up a whole nother can of worms, but it yeah, was that's fun. True. Yeah, so we'll, we'll experiment some more with that. And Mo. Go Badgers, baby. That's all. Go Badgers, baby. We got it. We need it. We need it. Of course. All right. (laughs) Thank you. Coming to you from all different parts of Las Vegas and always Vegas strong, this is Cast Considerations. All right, all right. Um, did you guys want to talk to Massachusetts, Florida International, and the Louisiana Monroe first? Hell state? no. No, okay. no, no, sure no, 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 no